the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. Love Never Fails. Inviting you to join in the fight for love. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly love, set the captives captives free. Each week, this program sheds light on the needs of vulnerable people in our community who are impacted by human trafficking, homelessness, addiction, and abuse, and celebrates the work of those who are meeting them right where they are and expressing to them that they are precious, valued, and loved. Our goal is to see this radio audience move to compassion demonstrated in acts of service, generosity, and gifts of time. Give up a chance. Give up your heart. Love never fails. Now here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks and welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in for such a treat today. Oh my gosh. We're in for such a treat. Um, we have two special guests and one that couldn't be here, but we're going to give them a little shout out anyway. Um, we are here with Bay Area Anti-Human Trafficking co-founders, Betty Ann Boving Haganah. No, Haganah. Boom. There you go. Haganah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yay! Um, and and she is the co-founder and chief strategic strategy officer for Batsy uh, Bay Area Anti-Human Trafficking Coalition. She's been leading and teaching, um, speaking about community-based strategies since 2002. And she is also here with also co-founder Brian Woe, who is uh, the chief program officer and also co-founder and has also been working on this issue of human trafficking um, since 2002. Eight, right? Is this right around there? Um, and boy, uh, just amazed at the work that they've been doing. And what I just learned is they have also are uh, have just hit their seven year anniversary in June. And so they have been working hard at this and really been such a blessing to us. Welcome on the show. Thank you for having us. Great to be here. Yeah. And then, of course, I want to give a shout out to Eric Venable, who is their new executive director. He couldn't be here today, but he's his, he's with us in spirit, I know. And um, thank you, Eric, for all that you're doing. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about his role, which is a, a new one, right? In the last six, nine months or so, yes. he's come on the scene and has, has been such a blessing. So let's start off um, just just looking a little bit at some of the things that you've been doing in, in, in and your background, Betty Ann. I'd love to kind of sh- just share a little bit of that with our listening audience. I see here in your bio, 2006, you climbed Mount Kilimanjaro to raise $45,000 to fight child trafficking. And you've been uh, really um, taking on this issue passionately, like like your bio said, since 2002. Um, what, you know, for those who haven't heard you speak in the past, uh, what was it for you? What got you going on this on this issue of human trafficking? 
Hmm, thanks, Vanessa, for asking. I mean, if you were to ask me if I need to climb Kilimanjaro tomorrow, uh, I'd probably tell you I need some time to train again. But I, uh, you know, I just really honestly wanted to physically put forward that sense of how do you just put your own step forward, your own foot forward, mm-hmm. and really uh, have felt that the movement here in the Bay Area has been one of a bit of disbelief that this is happening here, mm-hmm. a bit of uh, disempowerment of, okay, now that I know, should I never send my kids to the mall again or right. go to a movie? And then also just kind of a, how do I actually tell my friends about it? How could I share the word? But then also, how could I be an effective eyes and ears for the law enforcement that are trying to crack down on this? And so, I think people look at us with really wide eyes and kind of say, what can I do? And so from a very kind of early time, I just thought, well, what can I do? And I love hiking. I love getting outdoors and things like that. And so I had some crazy friends that joined me on that trip. And we went and climbed Kilimanjaro and met some of the families affected by trafficking in Africa. And so I started, like many people, on a global Kind of scale. And then it was really actually when I was living in Menlo Park, and this is back, gosh, in the early 2000s, and a girl went missing. And it was really surprising to me how much the community was fairly silent on the fact that this could be connected to a larger international issue like human trafficking. There was a real sense that she might have just been at a yogurt shop in Redwood City waiting for her mom to pick her up, as opposed to looking at the facts of she had run away multiple times. She did not leave the house with any extra clothes. She had no phone and no money. So in that case, that screams of all the red flags of somebody who may get picked up by someone who's looking to actually prey upon her um, within human trafficking. And it did happen that two weeks later, she was actually found in Southern California and she had uh, been abused and she was able to run away to the police. But I felt like that local kind of silence is what really made me then say, I've got to put my voice forward here on the local front. And so it kind of started out of that place of just saying, if I know about this and I think it's happening here, uh, how do I just bring my friends along in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So um, I love that you said you took one step, right? You know, metaphorically and, and actually literally taking a step up the mountain to raise that, uh, raise that funding. And I think sometimes um, we have to, uh, like you said, take that step um, and whatever that looks like for us. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. I know you want, you're really interested in raising awareness about individual activity and things that people can do that, um, quite frankly, are custom made by the Lord, uh, aligned with their purpose and their calling in life and nothing that, uh, uh, that isn't, that is something that they haven't been called to or that they cannot do, but really something that they were designed to do. Um, and so, um, I'd love to, I'm, I'm really excited about exploring that, but I want to ask you, Brian, you know, here you, you, you saw the movie call and response in 2008 and, um, you know, you had spent 16 years in vocational ministry, including 12 years as an associate pastor of Grace Community Covenant Church. And, and so, you know, you had this background in the ministry, which we all know things come up, right, in the ministry. Things uh, become, uh, you know, we become aware of some people's deepest, darkest secrets, you know, abuse that's happening in the home, uh, vulnerabilities that your congregants have and things of that nature. But one of the things that um, that I have uh, sort of uh, seen as we talk about these topics, like the lack of awareness um, and some of the some of the procedures and some of the policies that are sort of out of order um, because we want to live in this bubble. Right. And and so what say you about uh, the, you know, the, the, this whole thing of being a, a man of the cloth, a, a, you know, a, a minister, um, a vocational pastor and and 
the injustices that are uh, around us and the um, then and the systems that are not really paying attention to the things that are important uh, to to God. Yeah, everybody has a different journey when it comes to engaging with issues of injustice and. I just, I feel like I was late to the game. I mean, I was, like you said, doing a lot of ministry with individual people, but I never really felt that engaged with community activism or or different social justice issues. Um, And 10 years ago, I had no clue what human trafficking was. And what really began to change my whole perspective was that uh, I found myself on a trip to China in 2008, and I was working with a group that served disabled orphans, and they just really epitomized those who are marginalized and outcasts. These are kids that were abandoned because they had special needs, and that that just broke my heart in a new way to understand how much God's heart breaks over those who are outcasts, those who are marginalized, and I think everybody just has to kind of find that place where they their heart begins to connect with God's heart for um, in order to do something and stand against injustice. And that kind of catalyzed my efforts. And I learned about human trafficking that year and just realized I could no longer look at all the suffering around me and just kind of um, relegate it to the margins of margins of my consciousness. And I had, to, I had to confront it and do something about it. And that kind of started the journey from my point of view. Yeah. Wow. And, and did you find, uh, either one of you, did you find that there was a time where you, like for me, when I became aware that my student was being trafficked and I was no uh, like stranger to prostitution, I was no stranger to the streets, to drugs, alcohol, but there was something about when I found out that my dance student was being trafficked, I spent four months going, no. I, I, I got a full-time job, Lord. I, I, I no, 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 no. I'm not going <laughs> to, somebody else is going to deal with this. And then I just kept whoop, getting sucked back in. Was it, was it sort of like the call became very clear to you? Did you fight against it? Was it instantaneous that you responded? How did it, how did it work for you? For me, I immediately looked for who was also with me. I mean, I think one of the things we recommend the most is not to try and do this alone. Yeah. And so one of the things that was crazy is that was right about the time that I met Brian. And uh, we sat down with a group of folks and had been advised to kind of ask, would we all move forward in this together to start something like mm. the BAATC? And uh, it was amazing to have Brian and his wife and another friend, Tina Beauchamp, who went on to work for Freedom House. And everybody just said, I'm all in. And that's wow. what I needed. I needed people to be with me. Yes. So that in those scary moments or when it was dark or when I felt like I was the one trying to take on systems that I had people with me. Yeah. Oh, so good. I remember that, too. Yes. Yeah, I think it's just it's tempting to just jump in and start doing things. And unfortunately, I think God allowed me to sit back and kind of begin exploring and prayerfully look at all the different opportunities to get involved in what are the specific ways that he's calling to me and my family to actually do something and get engaged. Awesome. So there you have it. Uh, looking for community to do this with and praying, being prayerful, um, even with your family as you look to take something like this on. We're going to take a break and come back and we're going to hear a little bit about Before Our Very Eyes, a new initiative that Batsy has taken on and has been doing for the last two years now and uh, with a group of folks. And uh, just so grateful to hear about that. We'll be right back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action 
and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today uh, once again with Betty Ann Haganah and Haganah and uh, Brian Will, and we are talking about uh, human trafficking in the Bay Area in, in throughout the globe and how we um, and uh, the organizations we represent and the communities we represent are rallying uh, with each other, um, responding to this thing that God has placed on our hearts to create safe places and and to create um, loving responses to place these situations where people are being harmed and uh, we're so grateful to be able to do that and so one of the, th- the things that has made a huge impact on me personally is um, an event that uh, Bay Area Anti-Human Trafficking Coalition ha- put on and, and, and initiated and created and that is Freedom Summit and um, I had the opportunity to speak in the 2017 was it Uh, 15 2015 wow is that where all this gray is coming in jeez 2015 it just feels like it was yesterday um so the last one was 2015 um but your first was in 2011 uh, right and um just i i just remember the impact uh that uh that experience had on me as a speaker, uh, t- uh, just to be able to be used in that way, and and um, and and so many other wonderful speakers, and hear from them, Leah Albright Bird, and and um, just uh, you know, knowing that the Forty ers and the su- you know Super Bowl teams were coming, a Super Bowl leadership was coming in, and sort of rallying around this, it just really was encouraging to me to see these different types of organizations, corporations, nonprofits, um, you know, for profits all coming together and rallying around this issue. And I think that's one of the things that you guys do so well. So tell me, you know, how did this come to be uh, Freedom Summit? What's the what is the goal of it? Uh, How did it how was it birthed? And then where is it? What is it doing now? Where are you where are you going with it? Yeah, well, in 2011, it actually, we weren't a fully official organization yet, and it was me and 12 friends, and we just said, let's do something to talk about the issue happening here in the Bay Area. And, you know, the four myths we were trying to break down was that it doesn't just happen elsewhere, it happens here. doesn't just happen to girls, it happens to boys. doesn't just happen to foreign nationals, it happens to Americans. And it's not just sex trafficking, it's also labor. And so we just said, best thing we can do is just get a bunch of people together. Condoleezza Rice agreed to be our speaker, the former Secretary of State. We had Sarah Groves and other musicians come in and join us. And all of a sudden, we just watched the registrations just explode. And 1,700 people showed up that first weekend. So you can imagine me on the phone ordering a few more sandwiches because we maybe thought it'd be two or 300 people. And so from that groundswell is where we said, wow, we really need to organize the movement in the Bay Area. And part of that was actually a heart for the organizations. Because at that time, there was about 35 different nonprofits that said they wanted to fight trafficking. But none of them were talking to each other. And it was really kind of the Silicon Valley entrepreneurial spirit where every group had a little bit of money and a little bit of an idea and everybody was going in different directions. Yeah. So that is the time that Brian and I actually connected and we said, wow, this was so successful in actually casting vision for the Bay, getting the organizations to work collaboratively together, having incredible speakers come in and just naming it that it's happening here in the Bay. And for me, I'm standing up there hosting this first time event and I'm talking about it happening here. And that very weekend, they did an operation through 
through law enforcement in Danville, my hometown, and busted a brothel ring that had been going on for 14 years and had trafficked, um, I think it was over 30 women across the U.S. and some internationally. And so here I am saying, hey, guys, it happens here. And it was actually that weekend that it broke that it was happening in my very own hometown. So that Freedom Summit event ended up attracting about 2,000 people uh, in 2011. We did it again in 2013. We had you come speak in 2015. And we love just kind of mobilizing the Bay Area movement around the conversation about trafficking. In a sense, making sure that the right hand did know what the left hand was doing when we're trying to coordinate an effort to really help victims of human trafficking. And then we kind of got to a point after the Super Bowl where we said, you know what, it's time for us to maybe think about instead of re-upping the Freedom Summit, let's take a break and ask ourselves, are these the same people coming to the Freedom Summit? And maybe do we need to grow the movement? Do we need to just get out there in a different way? So instead of having a one big time event, let's do something that maybe gets the word out where the people are already going, maybe at a mall, at a county fair, somewhere where people are already congregating and just let them know that trafficking is happening here. And so in 2016, we were invited to sponsor this event called Before Our Very Eyes. Mm -hmm. And it was organized by a woman in Redwood City named Pamela Estes. And Mm -hmm. she had, she and her incredible team of volunteers put together this one day anti trafficking event um, just to bring awareness into the the square at Redwood City where people are. So bring the issue to people where they're at versus inviting a bunch of people who know about trafficking to come to a conference. And we just saw how they had engaged the local government officials, local law enforcement, local artists together, uh, local students, um, local law enforcement. And we just um, thought this is a great way to go deeper into a small community of people. And so we talked to Pamela about using this model to go other places in the Bay Area. And the following year we did before Very Eyes at the San Mateo County Fair. This year we did it at the Santa Clara County Fair. And we find that it's a it's a good way to not only introduce people to the issue, but help them take next steps. We provide local resources so they can get involved with different organizations. We use art to engage them. Um, some of the Love Never Fails people did helped us at an Art for Justice event mm-hmm. and other local artists. And we um, have video there and we have an interactive way for people to actually make quilts squares that go into a quilt for survivors. So um, it's a great opportunity just to talk to people where they're at in a very, um, it's a not sensationalized way or in your face way. Organic, yeah. Yeah, and just Mm -hmm. help people come and ask questions where they're at and get people involved in new ways. One of the best things to come from the Freedom Summit, and then it bled into um, our work with Before Our Very Eyes, is this thing of people actually being like, what can I do now? And they hear of it as being such a huge thing around the world. You know, over 40 million people held in slavery today. And then they kind of say, well, how many victims are there in the Bay Area? And they want statistics. And one of the things we say is, you know, you've really got to show up and just pray about um, availability and about who you are and what God may want you to do. Um, And we put it on a timeline of what could you do in 10 minutes? What could you do in 10 days and what could you do in 10 months? And those become buckets that people continually keep filling. And man, people would come up to us at the Freedom Summit or they'd come up to us at Before Our Very Eyes and say, thank you for putting it in a tangible bite-sized way that just put the national hotline number in my phone, tell my friends about it, consider doing my slavery footprint, find out how many people might be held in exploited labor around the world because of what I own, things like that. And then they come back to us and they say, hey, Betty Ann, I'm doing my 10, 10, 10, you know, or could you come to my school and speak? That's part of my plan. So it helps people individually activate in a way that feels like they can be in charge of their activism and really be prayerful about that and not have it just be like a one-time thing or a one Saturday, but they sustain in their activism. Yeah, I love that. And um, for me, as someone who's doing, you know, speaking to the community, I've made reference to your tent in tent many, many times. And um, it's just helped me to sort of bucketize all these things that uh, I'm throwing at people. And they're like, ah, 
I don't know what to do. Well, let me help you. Betty Ann and Brian have this 10, 10, 10, and it's really awesome. Um, and so so I think what we should do is actually post that. Um, when I put our picture up, um, I will post uh, the 10, 10, 10 outline that you guys have created um, so that people can hold on to that and you have a tangible tool. So there you go for free. Great. Awesome. Great. I like bu- <laughs> bucketization. I think she's created a new word. <laughs> Bucketization. <laughs> Bucketization. <laughs> I'm known to do that. <laughs> we'll use it. Um, so um, I, um, I I do want to touch on this a topic of individual activity and different ways in which people might uh, join in, right? So you, you talked about slavery footprint as one of the things. I actually went through that. I can't remember. I think, um, did we have... Um, Gosh, Justin? It's Justin, right? Justin Dillon. Yeah, we had Justin um, speak at the Freedom Summit, and he was yeah. he was talking about slavery footprint, and I I went on there and did mine. And I sadly found, because I'm a buyer of a lot of electronics because of my, my job and whatnot and my interests, um, found that I had 77 slaves working for me. And that broke my heart. I was just like, oh, my gosh. So uh, I, you know, I have made a concerted effort to hold on to my phone longer uh, to buy, you know, um, uh, used uh, electronics uh, so that we can deal, you know, we can avoid the mining of the minerals that are going into our phones and to our devices um, for the batteries and a variety of other uh, accessories that are being, you know, that where there's child labor or slave labor. And, um, and so anyway, I want it, but I, when we come back, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, I'd love to hear from both of you um, just your thoughts on, and, and this is something for you to think about during the break as a listening audience, you know, do we get to these places where we hear about these issues and think, um, it's over. It's too much. It's overwhelming. Like there's 77 slaves working for me. I rather just ignore this thing. Right. Um, how, how do we deal with that information? So when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. And thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with the co-founders of Bay Area Anti-Human Trafficking Coalition, Brian and Betty Ann, and uh, so grateful for the work that they've been doing, as we heard in the last segment. Uh, Freedom Summit uh, has actually been in place and happening in the Bay Area since 2011, has given birth to uh, or has aligned now with Before Our Very Eyes initiative uh, spearheaded by Pamela Estes, who's now the um, uh, one of the leaders at the, in the San Mateo um, Anti-Human Trafficking Coalition. I, I, th- I think there's a different name for that. The Human Trafficking Initiative. Initiative. Thank you. I I, I can never remember because I'm on all the <laughs> we're on all the coalitions. I'm like, which one is this? SFCAT? Is this the the the, the mayor's task force? Is this <laughs> is this zero tolerance? <laughs> it's just it's hard to keep up. But anyway, we're all doing it right. And, yeah. and again, that's part of the model here, right? So. So let's go back to the topic we, we, we left off with, which is that as you dig into this thing, you become aware. It's like, you know, it's like I see dead people. 
you know? <laughs> it's like as soon as the veil is removed, you find that your niece is at risk for human trafficking. You find that your nephew is doing something on social media that looks a little sketch. You find that your your great-grandmother has something like this going on in their family, um, or in your, your lineage, in your history. Uh, and people across the street are showing signs of this, that, and the other. I've even had these moments where I remember I had an aunt uh, who is a little off, and, and she was having, she had, she was sharing with my mom when I was a teenager that she had somebody watching her kids. And, um, she said the lady, you know, she, she, she has her own kids. And, um, she said, but she, she never wants to go home to them. You know, she's always here and she never, she never goes home. And, um, I just that distinctly remember that because I felt like it was a really, and I was a teenager, and I felt like it was really like a rude comment because it was uh, she was failing to see the need of that woman who was there for 12 hours taking care of her kid or 15 hours taking care of her kids and not taking care of her own children. Mm. And the and the the uh, the conclusion that my aunt had come to is that she just didn't care about her kids. Um, so she she clearly was you know entitled and didn't know, you know, the pain of poverty. Uh, but then I thought, did she pay her appropriately for those 15 hours that she stayed? And maybe if she had been paying her properly, she wouldn't have to be away from her kids so long. Hmm. And so our own behaviors and our own thoughts and our own beliefs, we start to get some checks about some of these things, especially if you're a person who's, you know, professing Christ, there's these places where you have to start to examine your own behaviors and your, your the world around you. Have you guys had some of those moments where you personally went, ooh? I definitely, to this day, am challenged by, I think yeah. you're trying to align yourself with things that J- Jesus cares about. And you're saying, does my life reflect that? Yeah. And I think there's times where I say, does my life look any different because I care about this issue of human trafficking, right? Yeah. How does that make me treat other people? What websites am I going to? What am I purchasing? And specifically, what am I looking out for where I could be spending my free time helping free someone else? Yeah. And I think that at the heart of the ATC when we founded it was this idea of individual activism. And at the end of the day, we were helping coordinate a lot of the nonprofits that are doing the actual work of rescue and of working with victims. But one thing we were passionate about is actually seeing a life getting activated. And one of the things I would Mm -hmm. challenge the listeners on is first start with your own understanding of biblical justice. Mm -hmm. The amount of young people we talk to who say, I want to be all about anti-trafficking and I care about God's heart for justice. Definitely check your definition of justice because this is not standing in the 15 items or less at the store and you look at the person in front of you and they've got 20 items and you're like, I know a lot of lawyers, like I'm going to sue you. This is unjust. Right. Like, that you're right. in front of me in the line with too many items. So we've got to look at God's heart for justice, and we need to look at how the scripture really reflects um, how that is really going into um, visiting in prison and understanding our friends who um, are in poverty and other situations where they're uh, maybe after school, they're left alone, areas where there are uh, just injustice in our midst, and that we could actually stand with those who may be uh, victims of human trafficking or at least privy to it. 
Yeah, it's so funny. I so uh, as you know, uh, you know, I work at Cisco, and I um, with very most of the people I work with are very affluent, you know, doing well, and so there has been a lot of. Uh, carrying on about Hurricane Florence and, um, you know, in the Carolinas and uh, people really concerned about our colleagues there in the Carolinas. And, and you know, I've been praying for one of my coworkers and um, she's awesome and, and just her and her family, their safety, actually two of them. And, and, uh, but this one, uh, I, it hit me um, just about her, the way she thinks is that she, she, you know, was up against this, this hurricane, like everyone else, but she recognized that she had like a two story home and she had finance to be able to go and buy food for, you know, for a long stay and to buy flashlights and to prepare for an emergency that was coming. And, um, and she recognized that that was such a privilege to be able to do Mm -hmm. that. And when you stop and think about a hurricane's coming and it's not the first yet, so I haven't gotten my check yet. And so I can't go stock up on any food for me and my kids. I can't get uh, a flashlight. I don't have one and I and I can't get one. Um, I, um, you know, maybe I'm a heroin user and I'm going to have to take care of four kids and detox from heroin because how am I going to get to my drugs and some people will say good but you have never come down from heroin you know using heroin for 10 years and you have four kids you have to take care of and your belly over throwing up your bones hurt and you've got four kids and there's no food in the house and there's no extra diapers for your baby I mean think about that dynamic and these are the things I think that we we don't realize just how blessed we are. And like you said, the difference in the justice statement, right? When it's those things, it's easy to just put on blinders to all those, the reality of that brokenness around us. And I think it's just natural for us to want to insulate ourselves from that, um, that discomfort. Mm-hmm. Right? So I know I need to, on a daily basis, just reconnect my heart with God's heart for justice, just to know that, there's so much more out beyond my life that God is calling me to do to step into. Because like we said, human trafficking touches everybody yeah. in some way. And so, but we honestly believe and we're convicted at the Bay Area Anti-Trafficking Coalition that everybody has a place to play, something they can do. And even I think one thing we're excited about is that while uh, everybody can do something, we're trying to focus our impact a little more and identify people. We, we call them um, frontline vocations, where when they get dressed for work every day, they go into a situation where they might see trafficking happen on a daily basis, such as hotel workers or people at the airports. And so we're trying to identify more of those people so that as we train and equip them to do something, we can offer them the ability to um, to stand on a daily basis to actually make an impact, identify situations, and do something to report them so that uh, more people are uh, identified. And if yeah. anybody's listening to this and really would just love to take a next step in education of just saying, what is this issue of human trafficking? I'd really encourage them to look at our homepage because we dedicated it to be a calendar of all the trainings going on in the Bay Area oh, among nice. 58 different nonprofits. And that's baatc.org. But they could just pick a movie showing or a panel and just be present, show up and yeah. just see what you learn and see where you're prompted. Yeah, so good. 
Yeah, that, I think, you know, education, it has to start with education, becoming aware. And there's so many things that I came into this just like, well, why do they go back? Or it seems like they want to be there or, you know, uh, just assumptions that I made. And once you start to hear from survivors and you hear from uh, the, 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 um, those that are doing the work, you become clear on, on the issue and how you can, how you can uh, get involved. So um, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about your plan. So I know you've got something coming up here in 2020. And um, I'd love to hear if you uh, have things that you're hearing from other nonprofits, because I know that you, uh, you, you hear from many nonprofits and more and more are coming on the scene. And so maybe a little bit of the lay of the land. Uh, look at that. So we'll come back. And thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today uh, just talking with the co-founders of Bay Area Anti-Human Trafficking Coalition, Brian Woe and Betty Ann Hagenau. And uh, we are uh, just uh, having a good discussion here about ways that we can really put our hand to the plow but in a very sort of practical way, again, that 10, 10, 10, and we'll post that on our, our uh, on our Facebook page, which is Love Never Fails. Uh, and also, if you want to learn more about things that are going on with Love Never Fails, you can do so by going to our website, which is loveneverfailsus.com. Um, we are uh, having a great time uh, doing our first um, official, right? We've done a few pilot programs in our house and another house of the Fight for Love uh, 12, 12 step uh, study group um, and the book that goes with it. Um, we've been doing that with the two houses, but now we have a multifaceted, uh, multi church uh, uh, group of 13 women that have formed in uh, the city of Hayward, and we're on our week three, and it is going amazing. It, uh, so if you want to learn more about what we're doing there, uh, by the way, this group is includes domestic violence survivors, abuse survivors, and human trafficking survivors. All commingled, and um, wow, we're just seeing some major, major breakthroughs. So, um, would love to tell you more. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future show. But these are the kinds of things that we get, we can do. You know, we can get involved, and in, even, even to the point of taking care of ourselves. Hello, somebody. Like taking care of your own stuff yes. is a, a, one of the greatest ways that you can contribute to this issue because you've got to be, you know, on your way as your help, you know, heal the healer. Right. And so um, speaking of that, so you guys are working with a variety of other agencies, which are healing agencies, agencies that care about this issue, justice agencies. Um, they're secular and, you know, uh, faith based and just a variety. And so so, you know, tell us about what you're seeing is there any shifting going on what's eric working on you know what what, what are you guys doing these when, days when you step back and look at the anti-trafficking movement it's relatively young i mean most of the nonprofits and service providers are less than 10 years much less than 10 years old and so we really value collaboration and we really value um 
not recreating the wheel. So one of the things that we'd like to see is just being able to help bring people together to really standardize more of, of the best practices in the field and, and even establish what some of those are and share those with one another. And so as we're looking forward, uh, we were just talking about Freedom Summit earlier. You'll be the first to hear that uh, we have Freedom Summit 2020 on the books. Yeah, Yeah, so we're excited to bring it back, but it's not going to be the same old, it's not your grandfather's Freedom Summit. This is <laughs> this is rather than just a general awareness event where we're going to invite the general public into, we really want to make this a time where it'll be a venue for gathering key stakeholders prior to Freedom Summit into working groups so that we can together um, standardize or even professionalize some of the way that we work together in the movement. And so um, the people that we gather together can help develop what are and what are the greatest needs here in the Bay Area, where are the gaps, and how do we address those, and what are the ways we can implement and execute um, ways to fill those gaps, and then how do we keep each other accountable to do that as a region. And so we look to Freedom Summit 2020 as a way to do that, to gather the the service providers, the nonprofit organizations, the politicians, the legislators, and all the key stakeholders to um, talk about that, to convene them, and just to be, um, create power together when we do that. Nice, nice. And so how many agencies are you currently sort of aware of that you're touching in some way in the Bay Area today? Do you guys know? There's a couple different categories, I would say. I mean, there's definitely government uh-huh. agencies and federal, and then there's local law enforcement, things like that. But in the nonprofit area, there's actually almost uh, over 60 organizations wow. now. And that did surprise us in the beginning, because yeah. our first Freedom Summit, we said, let's just get everybody together that's doing this work. And we thought maybe it'd be 10 to 12 organizations. And at the time, it was 37, and that was back in 2011. Wow. Now, some of that is great, because the specialization of trafficking within certain ethnic communities is very specialized. And we know of groups that are working, say, within Vietnamese communities and working within all different kinds of um, specialized communities, um, because we find here in the Bay Area that often within ethnicities, those of the same um, kind of community mm-hmm. then end up trafficking the very people in their own community. Right. Um, so that the specialization and how many groups there are doesn't necessarily speak to a complete splintering that is a discouragement. Actually, that uniqueness and all the different groups we work with, um, we enjoy inviting people to the free Freedom Summit and saying, be who you are, tell everybody who you are as an organization. But that uh, helps the individual who comes to Freedom Summit find their group that is what they want to do. And that's either geographically a group that happens to work near where they live, or it might be something of a connection with their identity or what they've been through in their own life. But sometimes when we go do a talk or we do a training and somebody comes up and says, Betty Ann, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to fight trafficking with you. That is a huge statement, right? right? There's over 40 million people held in slavery today. There's possibly thousands of victims in the Bay Area. And what we like to do is sit down with the individual and say, okay, let's break it down a little more. Let's think about prevention and advocacy and legislative issues. Uh, is that something that more floats your boat? What about intervention? Do you want to actually do street outreach? Do you want to work on pushing law enforcement to care about this more? Do you want to work with healthcare workers that are trying to get this more involved in um, having ERs and doctors trained to identify potential victims in ERs? Or do you want to go into aftercare and really work with victims on potentially language skills or um, helping them with their schooling or with counseling? And just by breaking it up like that, you start to people have people say, 
if I care about this issue, I don't need to go change who I am or I don't need to move. I can just say I show up as, say, a nurse practitioner of 25 years. Well, then let's connect you with the fight on with healthcare right. and the applicability with trafficking. Let's not say, oh, I'm a nurse practitioner, but now I need to become a lawyer because now I want to go do this and that. We really want to honor who people are, who they've been made to be, and actually connect them to the uh, fight against trafficking in that way. So I have a, just a weird... Uh, idea, just throwing it out there, something that just popped into my mind. What if Batsy were to create a an assessment, like an app of some kind or an t- online assessment that asks questions hmm. of people who say, I want to join you, and then pointed them to organizations that do that work? Or Beautiful. You know, and, and I, I even go so far as to, like, one, one of the things I'm doing with my staff is uh, we're taking them to Strength Finders 2.0. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but mm-hmm. um, and Emily's been she's taking the lead on that. Woo woo, Emily! Shout out to you, <laughs> girl. Um, and um, she's plotting our staff on a graph <laughs> so that we understand whether we have the right mix of skills and um, and who we can go to for what. And so um, having that schematic would be so cool, right? When we look at the 60, um, you know, nonprofits, if, you know, you had these nonprofits that were assessed in some way and said, these, this is what you're really good at. And I say this because I've, I've actually had an aha moment. I've been spending some time with Larry Weiss, I think it's Weiss. Um, I, I'll correct myself. Yeah, yeah, Larry like, Weiss from yeah, Danville. From, yep. from Barnabas, yes. Yep. And he's my, my coach. Oh, Larry Weens, sorry. Weens, yes. there you go. I grew up with I, his family. Yes, yeah. so love him to death. And he is, or to life, love him to life. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he has been coaching me. And um, he has really helped me to hone in on that my core competency is workforce development for survivors mm. of human trafficking. No shocker there. And um, and then, of course, housing is sort of like what we call the 10 percent ministry that I'm working on, where that's like the heart of Love Never Fails. But what I'm really good at is getting people to sustainable work. And so it would be so cool if, you know, uh, nonprofits could have somebody, you know, help them with really being aware of like, what are you good at? And individuals had, what are you good at? Because like you said, these 60 different organizations, if we're all doing the same thing, right? And I know you guys have been huge proponents of aligning and supporting one another, right? Yeah, and I definitely think uh, sustain is just the word that's on my heart these days, which is asking the individual, how are you going to sustain in this fight? Challenging them to put it on their calendar to say, you care about this now or you're hearing this show now, but in a month or two or three, you know, where are you at with sharing that with your community or taking another step? And then within organizations, talking to leaders, Brian and I are super passionate about how are they sustaining? The fact that you're looking at how do you build up your staff and uh, really care for them and then within survivors of how do you actually ask the longer term questions, Um, not just are they staying in a recovery program that at length may be 18 months. What about after 18 months? And what about housing and jobs? And so we have to ask those questions of sustainability and really see how God shows up to lead that longer term conversation. It's a great idea to automate the process, though, of finding people's helping people find their places, because I think, you know, technologically we can do it now. And we love to sit down and have the personal touch with, you know, what are your passions? What are your strengths? What are your interests? What are your spheres of influence, but 
uh, that's not really scalable. We can only sit down with so many Yay, people, right? Okay. So, right. So we, we right here. We yes. just brainstorm something. So, right. okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to come back. There's a whole bunch of events that are going on in the community. We're going to share those with you and also ways that you can connect back with Batsy. We are so grateful to have you both on the show. We'll be right back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. Again, thank you guys so much for being here. Um, You have an event, a training coming up. Yeah, on October 27th, Saturday morning from 10 to noon, we train BAATC ambassadors. And these are people who are involved in our awareness strategy to get the word out and staff information tables and uh, share at events about trafficking to help people get engaged. Awesome. Just two hours change your life. So come on out um, the October 27th. 27th. And then if you want to learn more about everything that um, Batsy is doing and up to, you can go to BAATC. Dot org, correct? Correct. Okay. So there you have it. We also have some other uh, events going on in the community tonight. We're going out on outreach and uh, we are going to um, meet at 7 p.m. Please reach out to Angela Garcia uh, and that is at streets, S-T-R-E-E-T-S at loveneverfailsus.com for detail, details on where to meet us. And then tomorrow we're going to be at Peninsula Bible Church Cupertino with IJM. We actually are bringing a survivor leader who's going to lead a worship song and uh, one of our employees from the house who's also a praise dancer is going to accompany her and dance. It's going to be a beautiful time together. We are going to be there at 8.30 and 30 in the morning at 10601 North Blaney Avenue in Cupertino. That's PBCC. Also on Tuesday the 25th, 8.30 a.m. to 4.30 is the SFCAT Conference in San Francisco on Golden Gate Avenue. Um, that is going to be a great time. Many different speakers, survivors, businesses, law enforcement, service providers talking about this issue of human trafficking and how you can get involved. Um, Love Never Fails will have a table this year at this at the Girls Festival, which is hosted by Worldwide Women in Santa Clara University in Santa Clara. You can register on our website, which is at loveneverfailsus.com forward slash events. Also, we have our Love My, Love My City Community Prayer on the 7th of October. Uh, that's every first Sunday of the month at 6 p.m. You can join Chantel and a group of folks in whatever city you're in to pray. And you can let us know that you're praying in one on one accord by emailing her at prayer at loveneverfailsus.com. We have the KFAX Pastors Lunch. We'll have a table there um, that is on 10-11, October 11th. That's going to be really great. Fremont, Marriott, Silicon Valley. Um, so please join us there. And then lastly, I'll be speaking with a group of awesome women at this year's Serendipity Women's Conference. Um, and that is October the 19th and the 20th. Uh, we are going to, it's the, um, uh, I'll be keynoting uh, one of the keynotes at it's it's the state Baptist conventions women's conference and the topic is mission minded women uh, Hilton Garden in in Fairfield so if you again if you want to get involved in that please uh, do uh, go to our website for more information and then of course if you want to um, learn more about just the day to day go on our webs uh, on our Facebook page which is Love Never Fails and also lastly we want to encourage you to be a uh, member. 
Uh, there are a variety of ways that you can uh, contribute to this work, to this radio show, and the work that we're doing um, all the way starting from um, giving of $12 a month to be a Lighthouse member, um, or uh, uh, I believe it's $500 a month, um, and that will help support one of our students in our workforce development program. So we encourage you to join us today. You can go to loveneverfailsus.com forward slash donate for more details. And then if you're interested in that book uh, that I mentioned, Fight for Love, you can go to Love Never Fails Us forward slash shop. And the book is uh, just about $16 and uh, comes with a video accompaniment that shows you how to facilitate a group. So we really appreciate your support, your love. And of course, thank you both for being on the show. Um, and um, if you haven't heard it, and maybe you need to hear it again, maybe you have heard it and you need to hear it again, we want to make sure that you know that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Love Never Fails Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and love and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at loveneverfailsus.com, by liking and sharing our Facebook page, Facebook slash Love Never Fails Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. This program is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in human trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to loveneverfailsus.com and click on the radio show link. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries, as well as supporters from Faith Fellowship, New Hope Christian Fellowship, and the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. On behalf of Vanessa and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thank you for listening, and thank you even more for committing to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Give up a chance, give up your General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.